Hey, Steminists, it's Emlyn Gremlin here with a quick announcement. You are currently listening to an older episode of Stem Vital, one in which we had not quite figured out how to turn the microphone on. So if the audio quality bothers you, I urge you to skip ahead to episode 17, where we are oh so crisp and oh so clean. That wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it just worked out that way. Okay, here's the app. Welcome back. Here we are. Here we are. This is Stem Fatal, your Women in Science History podcast. I'm Emlyn Gremlin. And I'm Emma Dilemma. And we're here and we're ready. Yeah. To bring you some knowledge about some ladies. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I don't think we got anything to say before about No shout outs. No shout outs. We're recording at weird times. We're going to conferences, so yeah, we're doing this is another double. Out, like a month later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, hope August was good for you. Yeah, it's probably hot. We're probably we're in swimming. either Europe or in South America. Yeah. So we're back. We're back. I might be back, but you won't be. No. Anyway, probably not for a while. Too crazy. Yeah. Anyways, so this woman. Oh, where do I begin? I. What I was trying to do was find, like, an African-American scientist, because we did Mamie Phipps Clark. Yeah. But, you know, we've had 15 episodes. Yeah. And so, I mean, the problem is there's been so many barriers, especially yeah. for, like, women of color, that we have quite a few women of color in science now, but most of them are alive. So, like, yeah. finding, like, American women of color that are dead... <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, that's our, like, that, criteria. I it's, know. like, w- this, yeah. like, weird dead thing. Um, <laughs> death is weird. Death, oh, it's so weird. So. Yeah, there's kind of, there wasn't a lot of, there hasn't been a lot of time, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, for women, yeah. yeah. I mean, there hasn't even been that much time for all women in science. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, I, I decided on this woman who's, the first African-American woman to get a PhD in zoology, nice. which is kind of what we do. Yeah. I mean, we don't call it zoology anymore. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of got depressing. Right. And then I was like, maybe I should do something else. But then I was like, a lot of the struggles that she struggled with are things that I think are relevant today. So then I was like, well, maybe I should do it because part of the point of this podcast, we like try to keep the podcast light and like yeah. fun. And chill. Yeah. But part of it's, like, there's been a lot of people have had to struggle to, like... Right. People have had to face a lot of uh, adversity to be the first women in various fields and stuff like that, so... And everyone's story is a little different. Yeah, it's not all... Yeah. Diving with sharks and... Nah. Yeah, so this one's not a riot of laughs. (laughs) Um... But she's... And st- I have a nervous tick where I... <laughs> we may I laugh, laugh, but the it's... darker something is. Yeah, but so... But I'm going to try my best. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see how it goes. All right. But I'm, I'm going to start now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have a question. Um, 
I know who it is. You know who it is? Is it Roger mm-hmm. Arliner Young? Yes, yeah. it's Roger Arliner. <laughs> yes, yes, it's Roger Arliner Young. Um, and she, though her name is Roger, which I've never heard as a female yeah, I name, either. but I don't know. Uh, she was born in Clifton Forge, Virginia on August 20th, 1899. So she's oh, one of our wow. older yeah. ladies. Yeah. Um, and she was the daughter of a coal miner and a housekeeper in Virginia. Wow. And they moved, I forget where they moved to, but they moved around a bit and then young enrolled at Howard University nice. in 1916 for dance. Oh, okay. Wow. So she was going to do dance, and then in 1921, she took her first science course uh, under Dr. Ernest Everett Just, uh, a prominent biologist and head of the zoology department at Howard. And though her grades were poor, uh, she clearly really loved science after taking this one science class. And so (sighs) Dr. Just didn't just judge her (laughs) on her grades. But saw promise <laughs> it? But saw promise in Roger and started mentoring her. And she received her bachelor's degree in science in 1923. So she wow. took this one class and then rapidly transitioned to science. She was like, "Yes, yeah, that's what I want to do." So it's kind of confusing because I'm going to talk about Doctor Just and Young. So it's just Just and Young, which I feel like are just common words. Yeah. Also, so so that sounds like a country duo. Just and Young, like. Big and rich. Big and rich. Just, <laughs> yeah. just and young. He's just a noble man. Yeah. And he's quite young. Um, so Justin Young continued to work together after her graduation. And according to Just's biographer, uh, Just may have chosen a female protege like Young because he felt men were more likely to pursue lucrative, lucrative careers in medicine rather than to stay in academia. Oh. So I think he was what the biographer was suggesting is that he was more afraid that if he picked like a, a male, yeah. they would like go and try to make a bunch of money in like medicine versus staying in I mean, academia. Cause you don't make much money. Hello. I'm a dilemma again. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a section where our audio got crazy bad. So we had to make a few cuts, unfortunately, but fortunately I'm here now to fill in what we cut out. So, <laughs> You can pretend I'm Emlyn if you want to. <laughs> Emlyn's in Europe, so I'm recording this. Uh, let's see. So where were we? Okay, so Just helped Young find funding to attend graduate school. And so in 1924, she started her master's degree in zoology at the University of Chicago. In the same year, she published a paper from her earlier work with Just titled on the excretory apparatus and paramecium in the journal Science, with a capital S, making Roger Young the first African-American woman to ever publish in Science, which for anyone who is not a scientist is one of the most prestigious journals to get an article in for all scientific fields. And what's really cool about this paper, well, everything is cool about it, but another cool thing is that it's a single author paper So her advisor's names weren't on it. It's just her. And that's just really incredible. That's a great accomplishment for anyone. And let's see. For her master's, she investigated how paramecium regulate the concentration of salt within themselves. And yeah, now back to Emlyn to hear more about this awesome trailblazing woman. Yeah, and then she later went on to write up how paramecium regulate the concentration of salt, so like osmosis and stuff like that. 
And so then she received her master's degree at University of Chicago in 1926. And Dr. Just invited Young to work with him during the summers at this time at the Marine Biological Lab in Woods Hole, Massachusetts, starting in 1927. And Young and Just, it's a good duo, uh, worked together on the fertilization process in marine organisms. Whoa. Uh, And Young specifically worked on the processes of hydration and dehydration in living cells. And just called Young a real genius in zoology. Aw, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so she was working on marine organisms and, like, fertilization and um, about living cells. And then in 1929, while Just worked on a research trip in Europe, Young acted as the head of the Howard Zoology Department. So he, like, put her in charge... Like, he was the head of the zoology department at Howard University. And so yeah. he would leave for, like, months. And then she would be in charge of, like, all his responsibilities. I guess that's c- kind of like... I mean, it's almost treating her like a secretary. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And then during the fall of 1929, Young returned to Chicago to pursue her PhD oh, cool. um, with this guy, Dr. Frank Lilly. Uh, an embryologist who had been Just's mentor. So, like, her academic grandfather, I guess. Um, But she was still doing all of the work. Like, whenever Just would go to Europe, she would also be his secretary, that kind of, like, administrative role at Howard University, which was in uh, D.C. Yeah. And she's at Chicago. Oh. So, I don't quite know how it works. I think it was just a lot of work she had. Yeah. That wasn't related to her PhD. And where was he again? He was at... He was in Europe. And so, she would take over his responsibilities at Howard University, which is in D.C., I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, she starts her PhD in the fall of 1929. And in January 1930, so just three months later, she has her qualifying exams. Which she fails. Oh man. Like straight up, straight Happens up fails. To a lot of people. Yeah, so qualifying exams for people who do not know are like this big test. And sometimes they're oral and sometimes they're written, but they're like about your subject you're trying to get your PhD in. And yeah. if you pass them, then you can go on to try to get your PhD. Right. Like it's a big hoop you have to jump through. Um, and sometimes if you like fail, it's just like you need to take them again later yeah. or something like that. But uh, although she had not indicated much stress at the time, she had been taking care of her invalid mother and was completely broke and was in charge of all this stuff at Howard University for her old advisor. And was she even, like, getting paid? I have no idea. Yeah. But, like, considering she's, like, completely broke. Yeah. I would imagine probably not. Yeah. So, at this point, she appears to have a nervous breakdown and leaves oh, graduate no. school and tells no one where she is. And was just shaking her head, like, to no, like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, sorry. no, no, I mean, yeah, I feel like the amount of stress that people face in grad school is, like, yeah, and then she, yeah, it so, sounds like she has all this other, like, personal stuff going on, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so failing her qualifying exams seemed to push her over the edge of this, yeah. like, stressful situation. And so Dr. Lilly, her advisor, was deeply concerned about her sudden banishment and wrote to Howard University about potentially her mental condition. Yeah. Um, And then eventually she turned up and returned to Howard University to teach 
and to conduct research at Woods Hole during the summers. So she, okay. I think she just kind of like drops her PhD yeah. and becomes a research tech. Unfortunately, her close relationship with Just isn't the same after this. Whoa. And according to Dr. Sarah Diaz, an assistant professor of women and gender studies at Gonzaga University, who's written quite a bit about Rod- Roger Young, uh, in one article, in one article entitled Zoologist Roger Arliner Young and the Politics of Respectability, mm-hmm. Diaz argues that her failure was a particularly hard blow for Just yeah. uh, because Young was studying with Just's former. Uh, mentor, Dr. Right. Lilly, who was a prominent white biologist, oh. and uh, much of the future of Howard University's science programs depended on the success of young black scientists at predominantly white institutions. Got it. So her going and yeah. having, uh, like, quote-unquote failed right. in front of her his, like, old white advisor oh. um, might have been something that made him feel very embarrassed. And even more unfortunately for young... Dr. Lilly was a member of the American Eugenics Society at the time. Ew. Yeah. So when he saw Young's, he saw Young's failure as a sign that she was not fit for science and immediately refused to work with her. Maybe she shouldn't have also been in charge of a department Mm -hmm. in a different city while she's starting grad school. Yeah, you'd think that. Or she should be getting paid or like support with her mom. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And I was reading some things that, like, I don't think she also wanted to mention her, like, either issues with money or yeah. issues with, like, failing health parents. Right. Because you, like, wanted to put on this air of you're a successful, like, yeah, you know, higher class or, like, higher wealth person. And so you don't want to mention those things that are... yeah. Maybe right. more lower class problems, quote unquote. Anyways. Dang. Yeah. So in 1933, uh, Just started easing Young out of her position. And he squ- he scheduled her to teach odd times of the day, wouldn't let her access scientific equipment, and wouldn't give her feedback on her research. Oh my god. Um, there was also some drama between them. There was rumors about a relationship between them. They threw accusations at each other, and then eventually there was this big confrontation where Young confronted Just, saying, quote, You seem to be making a deliberate effort to keep me from doing any research work while in residence in your department. This type of thing is so averse to a true scientific or real university spirit that for a long time I have tried not to believe that is the correct expression of your sincere attitude. And then Just called Young's teaching far below standards and ultimately said he had no respect for her as a person. What an asshole. <laughs> yes. And so then in 1936, when Just had the opportunity, he fired her under the pretext of missed classes and mistreating lab equipment. That's insane. Yeah. So after she got fired from Just, uh, another door opened, and in June 1937, she went to the University of Pennsylvania to work on her PhD with Dr. Lewis. Heilbrunn, a white scientist who she had met at Woods Hole and had provided her with the financial support she needed to continue work towards her PhD. That's awesome. Which is like, I don't know, if you fail your qualifying exams, your PhD advisor is like, well, guess you're not fit. I'm done with you. Your old advisor is like, I'm also done with you. And then you still are like, I'm going to still get my PhD. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. 
She must have, like, really loved the work that she was doing. Yeah. And I couldn't find anything that, like, there aren't many conversations with her. So it's, like, you know, hard to know too much. But so her dissertation work was focused on the fertilization process in the eggs of the sea urchin. Um, And she published several papers outlining the effects of direct and indirect exposure of x-rays and ultraviolet light on the development of sea urchin eggs. Cool. Yeah. So doing some, like, marine biology development. And her dissertation was titled, The Indirect Effects of Rontgen Rays on Certain (laughs) Marine Eggs. And I guess Rontgen Rays are x-rays, but some guy named Wilhelm Rontgen discovered them. Tried to, like, re... Oh, I see. Yeah, and so they called them Rontgen Rays until they decided... That's stupid. Yeah, Yeah, x-rays is much catchier. It's it's so much easier to say. I think there's like an umlaut in there too. Like, mm -mm. Okay, and then, so then she did, she earned her PhD in 1940 after having pursued her PhD since 1929. Oh my gosh. But she did it. You can do it. Yeah, that's, I mean, in 11 years. It's not even that crazy considering like. Yeah, it's kind of like. The time span of two PhDs. Yeah, yeah, but considering all the things that she had yeah. to, like, deal with. She then took an assistant professor job at the North Carolina College for Negroes in Raleigh, a historically black college. Oh, okay. Uh, which is now called North Carolina Central University. Yeah. And then, while there, she became very politically active. Young joined the double, uh, the NAACP and started registering voters and joining the oh, Tobacco cool. Workers International Union. So it's like a big yeah. workers union uh, and organizing labor all over North Carolina. That is crazy. And this is like, so what, the Voting Rights Act was like 19, like late 1960s, I think? Yeah, I think so. Um, and so this is like mid-40s, and she's like going oh and trying to get everybody gosh. to like yeah. re- be registered to vote, and so that's awesome. And she was even arrested at one point for refusing to move to the back of the bus in 1949. Wow. However, uh, Young became dissatisfied and increasingly vocal about what she saw as undemocratic leadership in the double end double the NAACP and the like tobacco workers union and in 1947 she was cast out of the unions and was also blacklisted by a prominent group of black businessmen known as like colloquially as like black wall street so like really powerful black businessmen they had kind of a group to like prevent unionizing okay um for whatever business reason and so because of this, she could no, she was no longer employable in North Carolina. Oh, my God. So she lost her job and ended up having to move over a thousand miles to Texas to find a job in academia. Wow. It seems like, I wonder why, maybe she was just, like, so headstrong that it just, like, people didn't react well to that at that time yeah. or something. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to get better from here. Okay, so... Emma's just put her head in the sand. So, unfortunately, soon after she got to Texas, her mental and physical health began to fail her. And some sources believe that some of her problems may have been due to years of UV exposure from her research. And she was also, again, in dire financial circumstances from, you know, having to move a thousand miles and not getting paid much in the first place. Yeah. And she reached out to an old colleague 
What can I do? I have no money for medical care, no relatives, and a deep fear of the institutions down here. I've read in the paper that they're inadequate for whites. So she didn't think she could, like, she had no money for medical care and was in the Deep South in the 40s. At this time, she worked short contracts in Texas and at Jackson State College in Mississippi. Hmm. And while in Mississippi in the late 1950s, Roger committed herself to the Mississippi State Mental Asylum. Oh, my God. And she was discharged on December 21st, 1962, and worked at the Southern University in New Orleans for a while. And then she died on November 9th, 1964, in New Orleans. And I would say almost every article that I've read says, and then she died poor and alone. (gasps) What? Every article. Which is like, I don't know. Yeah. That seems almost unbelievable because how does anyone know what happened to her if she was so alone? I don't know. I I was also reading other things that were like, she has been used as a um, warning for people not to like fight against the system if you want to like fit in the system. Oh my God. Because then you'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, because she's notorious or I don't know if she's notorious like like, I don't know it's there's not that much about her and some of the things were like people have said that she's a like warning against you know being yeah headstrong or like having your opinions be known if you want to like make it make it in a field that you are not that hasn't been like predominantly you (laughs) yeah so it's like I also find it weird when it's like all of them are that she died poor and alone which is like Maybe true, but it's also, like, she persevered. She was the first woman to get a PhD in a zoology against, like, great odds. And she, you know, fought for voter rights and unions and has a legacy. So, like, yes. And, like, it sucks that there are, like, there was not enough money to fund her and not enough, like, mental health and all this stuff that, like, led to it. But I feel like the ways that some of them write it, it makes it seem like it's she's done something wrong, and so this was the like consequence. consequence. Yeah, it's almost you know what I'm like saying? an old wives' tale, which is just like, and then like because she, uh, you know, angered the powerful men in town. Like, yeah, she died old and alone. Yeah, so don't do that. Like, yeah, but not like fuck you, powerful like maybe, the system yeah. for not having better support networks right. or like I don't know. But yeah, so it's I find I found it very strange that it was all like yeah. the ends of all of the stories were like and then she died poor and alone. Not like I'm and just, here's the legacy she left yeah. or like I don't know. I'm curious how anyone even knows that. Yeah. That's like kind of a weird thing. I know her mom died before mm-hmm. she committed herself. Yeah. Um and I know she'd been taking care of her mom for a long time, but yeah, there's like very little about her. There's a woman the person who I mentioned for um, Dr. Sarah Diaz, yeah. she's writing like a book about her, and oh. I would like it's not out yet, but I would like. Yeah, I'm curious to know like, more if the narrative is different in her book. And yeah, there's more details on like the happier aspects of her life, mm-hmm. and I don't know, even just her love of science. It seemed like she really loved yeah. what she was doing enough to stay in it. Yeah. Despite all these horrible Like people. eugenics people yeah. and, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely one of those, like, weird 
um, I don't know. It was one of the stories that was like, I don't know. Like, I wanted to tell it because it was also like she, like, stood up against a bunch of things yeah. that I think is really impressive. Like, mental health, that's still a thing that we all deal with. Like, right. terrible advisors, advisors turning on, you know, just like a lot of things that make gain your PhD and like staying in academia difficult. Yeah. But then also it's like, maybe not a feel good, like, yeah, <laughs> we're Definitely in science. Not. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot. She had I a lot of problems. I think it's worth it to yeah. tell her story. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that the book coming out tells more about her life, like, later on. Yeah, because I think a lot of this is, like, also from the biography that someone wrote of Just, like, Dr. Just. Right. So it's a lot so of their communication. Yeah, a lot of, like, negative... More negative about her. Than Though a lot of it's pretty I mean, negative it about him. So. Overly. Well, I mean, like. That's true. He's yeah. like pushing her, like clearly yeah. pushing her out, and like, yeah. So, but yeah, first African American woman in zoology, first African American woman to publish so cool. in science. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, that is Roger Arliner Young. Oh, How okay. you feel? <laughs> How you feel about that? I think it's good. No, I think it's so too. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of mixed emotions while writing this one. You're like, oh, wait, no, this is cool. Wait, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, like, if the x-rays really did affect her mind as much as... Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, it's hard to know. And there's just, like, so little about, like, things from her point of view or when she was, like, younger. Yeah. Um, That's what I got. Ready for a little pick-me-up? I am. I am ready. <laughs> something fun, something light, something yeah, breezy. It's pretty light. Okay. I'm not even going to talk about science, really. Wow. So, <laughs> a little. Are it's we still on topic? Yeah. Work, 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 work. So, yeah. this is the women who work section? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, women. this is a shout out. It's a badass woman doing badass things today. Yes. Basically. <laughs> science related or not. <laughs> so, I mean, it's science related. Okay. I'm just not going to describe I gotcha. Science. I gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay. So, this week's shout-out, you probably saw this, goes to physicist Dr. Jess Wade. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who has single-handedly written at least 270 Wikipedia articles for women scientists around the world this year. Yeah, it's awesome. Which is crazy. She just, like, writes one a day. That's amazing. Um, so, like, Makes me feel like a slacker. Yeah, we discussed earlier, a few pods ago, about, Mm -hmm. like, um, editing Wikipedia pages for women in science yeah. and how, like, it increases visibility and whatnot. Um, and she's just done so much on her own. It's really cool. She's currently a postdoctoral researcher in the field of plastic electronics at Imperial College. What is? Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. Plastic electronics. That's one of those... We haven't done a lot of techie. No. I guess it's, like, tech didn't really... Yeah. There's not a lot of tech until, like, recently. (laughs) I don't know what I'm thinking. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One of those new fields that I know nothing about. Yeah. Yeah. But sounds awesome. Yeah. And essentially, she started doing this because she was frustrated that a lot of, like, science outreach that's trying to get women in science and girls in science isn't that effective. Mm -hmm. Because, like, a lot of it's towards younger ages and, like, girls are pretty interested in science. It's, like, getting them to stay. That's a problem. 
is what we're realizing now. So she wanted to do something that encourages like current female scientists and gives them some like accolades and is like, look at how cool you are. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my shout out. For I love them. it. I wonder yeah. if we've, um, if any of our women she's written. I bet. Yeah. That's, I think she's been doing a lot of, of current. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, Surprising how important it is to have, like, Wikipedia visibility. Just because, like, that's the first thing that people generally go to. Right. Of just, like, hey, I just want to know about this. And if it doesn't show up, it's like, well, it's probably not that important. Or, like, that person's probably not that important if they aren't on Wikipedia. Yeah, there's something about Wikipedia that's just, like, it's official. Yeah. Yeah. You made it. You made it, yeah. (laughs) You are, um, what is it on Twitter when they're, like... You're verified or something? Yeah, yeah. If you're verified on Twitter and you got a Wikipedia. I tried to get verified, did I tell you? No. But I think you have to, like... You have to be, like, cool enough. Yeah. Not that you aren't. You're very cool. It's something, like, you have to have some kind of name already in a weird way. Like, they don't... Emma Dilemma doesn't count? (laughs) Well, that's not my Twitter name, but... Oh, okay. I think that... I don't, I don't know why they don't verify more people, to yeah. be honest. It seems like you should be able to give them a phone number and email or something, yeah. or, like, your passport. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's weird. They were like, no, we will not verify you. It is an you. exclusive club, Ugh. and I want to belong. Yeah, one day. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> help us be Twitter verified. Let's, yeah, let's see if we can get women scientists verified Yeah. All right, so yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, no, I've seen her all over the place. Yeah, there's um, been a bunch of articles, a bunch of press about her, which is great. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, okay, so this is our episode. Yeah, that was our episode. Yeah. It just happened. <laughs> um, so, thanks everybody for listening. If you like the episode, please rate, review, subscribe. It helps people <laughs> find us. Yeah, you can also tweet at us, tweet to us, tweet with us at StemFatalPod. Yeah. On Twitter, at Facebook, on Gmail, all those places. All the places. Uh, Caitlin Friesen, uh, she made our logo, and uh, Artichoke made our theme song. So, theme song. Thank you. Thank you at one and all. Yes. And go (laughs) stimulate yourself. Stimulate yourself. What did you say? Stem yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like you just, like, stabbed yourself. Yeah. Go stimulate yourself. Stimulate yourself. Okay, bye. bye. By circa 1820, she ran a fossil store. She put the bones together.